0: The following is a sermon that was preached at faith lutheran church in sharpsburg georgia for more information about our church or to hear past sermons from faith lutheran visit georgiafaith.com thank you for listening i really never knew that much about her except that she had married a professional football player named frank gifford i saw her on a mid-morning television show years ago. She was with this lady named Hoda, who currently is the anchor on the NBC Today show. Her name's Kathy Lee Griffith, and I will just say that when I walked through and saw her talk show, it was really not my cup of tea, not the sort of show I would watch, and so the only thing I really noticed about Kathy Lee Griffith is that she and the co-host acted kind of nutty. They started drinking wine at 9 o'clock in the morning, and that was about all I ever really thought about Kathy Griffith, Jr., until her, her husband died. Her husband died of old age, and uh, Kathy Lee Griffith, she took some time off the show, and then when she came back, she took a moment to address the death of her husband. I don't know how many people were watching her show that day. Certainly thousands, hundreds of thousands. When it became rebroadcast on the nightly news, which is where I saw it, that certainly turned into millions. Millions of people listening, and this lady, she, she took advantage of the moment. She confessed faith in Jesus Christ, and she used words that I don't think I'll ever forget. She said that uh, her husband, Frank, had been brought to the Christian faith as a child, and though he had often strayed from that faith, at the end of his life, it had become his anchor. And this is what she said. His world got smaller. And his God got bigger. He died in complete peace. He knew every sin he'd ever committed was forgiven. He had the hope that he would be with the Lord and we'd someday be as well. That is the foundation of the Christian faith. Forgiveness, grace, and hope." You know what, this, uh, she might be a little zany. She might drink wine a little earlier in the morning than you do, but when this lady had a chance, She made the most of it. And in front of millions of viewers, she confessed the central truth of the Christian message about who Jesus is. You know, and that is the question that confronts us in the Gospel today. Who is this Jesus? And are you ready to give the world an answer? Because the answer to that question, it's central to our faith, and it's central to our witness. Now, when that, Peter, when that question came to Peter, well, he was ready. But you got to remember, this question didn't drop out of the blue to Peter when they were near Caesarea Philippi and Jesus started asking the disciples the question, who do people say that I am? I mean, who is Jesus? This was kind of the center point of their seminary training they've been going on for the past few years while they were with Jesus. I mean, Jesus' entire ministry was meant to answer that question. Who is jesus from the very beginning of it jesus is baptized and what is god the father thunder from the heavens who is this this is my son listen to him and the rest of his ministry was underscoring the answer to that question and the disciples were there to see it right they were there to see this man who looked like one of them and talked like one of them and acted like one of them they were here to see him heal the sick to see him give commands to the winds and the waves, and nature obeyed him. He could make dead people live again. Every time they saw those things, every time they heard Jesus preach, the Holy Spirit was building that faith in their heart, readying them, moving them down that road so they'd be ready that day near Caesarea Philippi, when it was finally their turn to answer that question. And Jesus turns to them and says, um, Who do people say that I am? Oh, people? Who do the people say you are? Well, that's pretty easy, Jesus. People are talking about you all over the countryside. I mean, some people say you're like John the Baptist back from the dead. Some people call you a prophet. I mean, maybe even a prophet as great as like Elijah or Jeremiah. That's actually a pretty illustrious list. Honestly, I mean, if you were a Jewish rabbi from Palestine in the first century AD and people are comparing you to Elijah or Jeremiah, it's a pretty illustrious list. But every name on that list must have been deeply disappointing to Jesus because each one revealed the fact that the people of Israel still, after all the miracles, after all the sermons, still did not recognize him for who he truly was. They grossly misunderestimated what Jesus had come to be and who Jesus was. They had grossly underestimated the impact he wanted to have in their lives. Do you think we face the same temptation? To underestimate the impact Jesus wants to have in our life? Maybe we do this when we're willing to make Jesus an important part of our life, but not the most important part of our life. Where we're perfectly happy to have Jesus involved with our life, but but all of our life? We would rather have Jesus fit himself to us I think that's a huge temptation for us. But somebody tell me, where did we come up with this idea that Christianity is like going through a buffet line at a restaurant, that you get to pick what you want and skip what you don't? So often we act like that. Oh, I like this kind of Jesus. I'll have a double scoop of that. But now Jesus wants to talk about the sin in my life that I that I need to address? No, no, thank you. I don't prefer that. I'll have a double helping of grace, please. Where do we get this idea that Christianity is a buffet. It only can come if we are grossly underestimating the importance of Jesus and the impact that he would have on our lives. (laughs) And God forgive us for the times when we want to make a made-to-order Savior that fits himself to our life rather than the call where Jesus calls us that he's going to fit us for his mansions. A completely different thing. Who do people say that I am? He asked the disciples. On one level, that question is rather irrelevant because the point isn't who people say that I am. You know, uh, what your college professor thinks about Jesus isn't all that relevant. What your co-workers think about Jesus, not ultimately that important. What your friends or your community thinks about Jesus? In the end, doesn't matter in regard to you. What do you, who do you say that I am? Jesus took the question away from the crowds and turned it to his people, his disciples. Who do you say that I am? Here's the relevant question, you. And Peter was ready. He was ready for the moment, and he said, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. This is what an answer. I mean, so Peter, in this few short words, gets it all, right? He says, you're the Messiah, so you're the human that God has set aside, anointed to take care of the problem of sin that has been plaguing humanity since the garden. When God promised he was gonna send a seed of the woman to crush the serpent's head, you're the Messiah. You're that human. But you're also the son of the living God. Peter understood how human Jesus was. He walked with him, he talked with him, he ate with him, he wept with him. Peter would be there to see Jesus live and to see Jesus die. Jesus was human in every way, just as you and I are. He had to be. Because we needed a Savior who could stand in our shoes, submit himself to God's law, and ultimately... Be able to die in your place and in mine. Peter said, I confess that you're the human Messiah, but there's far more to Jesus than that. Peter said, behind this humanity is the Son of the Living God, that God came from heaven, took our human nature upon us so that he could be the Savior we needed. Because you see, when God and man became one in the person of jesus christ if just a man died for you on the cross just some jewish rabbi from nazareth it wouldn't do you any good but god died on the cross and when god's in the balance all sins are paid for even the ones that keep you up at night even that guilt that you dragged in through the church doors this morning there is no sin that can condemn when god's life Is in the balance. He paid for it all because he is the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Peter got it all. Jesus said, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. This was not revealed to you by flesh and blood. He said, you didn't get this from man, right? You didn't figure this out yourself. What Jesus is reminding us is that if we have an understanding, if we have, if we know the answer to that question, who is Jesus? That he is true God and true man, our savior. That's not knowledge that we chose. That's not knowledge that we discovered. You can't find that by looking in a microscope or looking in a telescope. There's only one way that that faith, that conviction can be put in our heart, and that's through God's work in the spirit. He said, Simon, this wasn't by flesh and blood. It's from my father in heaven. Here's how it works. God says, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. Instead, it has to be revealed to us. But now here's the crazy thing. Jesus said, I'm gonna build a church, Peter. I'm gonna build a church full of people who answer that question, who is Jesus? He is the Messiah, the son of the living God. And the way I'm going to build that church is I'm going to call those people to faith using the gospel. That's what he does. But now here's the plan. I'm going to put that gospel in the hands of my church and send them out to a world that needs to hear it. It's a plan that almost boggles the mind a little bit, that he would take his church and give them the gospel and send out men and women like you and me, and this is the way that God's going to take and give this revelation of Jesus to men and women who definitely need to hear it. It's enough to make a man nervous if we understand that this is not just plan A. This is plan A, plan B, there's no other plans. This is Jesus' plan. You and I are to take the word of the gospel and share it with people who would otherwise have no knowledge of it. And Jesus said, Peter, that confession you just made, I'm going to build my church on it, and not even the gates of hell will be able to stand against it. When we consider the uh, audaciousness of God's plan to take the message of the gospel and give it to broken people like you and me and have us be the ones that share it, it's enough to make a man nervous. But that's why Jesus points us back to his promise. Not even the gates of hell can stand against his word and his church. Not even the gates of hell can overcome it. Even if there are dark hours, Peter, the gates of hell will not overcome it. As we go forward with this message in our hands, there's going to be dark days for us too. But the gates of hell will not overcome it. There might be wickedness in this world that sickens you, or pop culture that mocks you, but the gates of hell will not overcome it. There will be people who will not listen. There will be governments who get it wrong. There will be times when the church looks tired and depressed and beaten but the gates of hell will not overcome it. That is his promise. The gates of hell will not overcome it. So are you ready to do this thing that Jesus has called us to? Are you ready to give an answer to a world that desperately needs to hear it? Who is this Jesus? Are you ready? Say what you want about that zany, kind of nutty talk show host. When she had an opportunity, she made the most of it. You know, one of the things that I like best about her words that day is she didn't just talk about the importance of Christianity for her husband or for herself. She made the point that this was a message meant for the world. This is how she closed her statement. She said, that is the foundation of the Christian faith, forgiveness, grace, and hope. And those of you who are hurting today and feel hopeless, it might be the answer for you. In fact, I know it's the answer for you. Who do they say that I am? The answer to that question is the rock on which the church is built, and it is the message that we will share with the world. Are you ready? God grant it. Amen.